It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Vikings Friday edition on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sage Rosenfels, former NFL quarterback who writes for The Athletic and TheScorer.com, is the co-host. My name is Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Quick public service announcement. Uh, Brad Hader, Locked On Rams, doing great work over there in L.A. I appeared on his show last night. You can go check out that interview on today's edition of Lockdown Rams and all of his episodes leading up to the Vikings game. See what they're talking about ahead of this battle between a couple of seven and two teams. Sage, we welcome you into the conversation here on this Friday. And by my understanding, you are headed to Houston. You have a big ring of honor ceremony for a former teammate of yours this weekend. Yes, I will be uh, hopping around the Lone Star State this weekend. It's it's Andre Johnson weekend in Houston. Uh, he's being he's actually the first member uh, of the Texans organization being inducted into their Ring of Honor, uh, and I'm uh, you know lucky enough to uh, have play with Andre. So it's it's the Texans homecoming weekend, and uh, should be a lot of fun. And then right after the game, I'm actually going to fly to Dallas uh, and catch that Dallas Philadelphia Sunday night football game, which should be. Uh, a great game so really looking forward to this weekend yeah I think we're going to make that Dallas Philadelphia game part of our confidence meter picks because that's going to be a big one on Sunday night that's awesome that you're going to be there quickly back to Johnson what kind of teammate was he was he hyper competitive was he more of the quiet type you know a lot of times you see with those elite receivers they've kind of got that brash attitude where did he fall in that category well it's interesting you know the wide receiver position they you know they make them all differently, and, you know, Vikings fans are used to Chris Carter and, uh, you know, Maud Rashad and, and obviously Randy Moss, you know, Hall of Fame uh, and Ring of Honor, you know, great receivers and, and, and all very vocal. Uh, all those guys like to talk. Um, Andre Johnson did not. He talked with this play. Uh, he was a big physical receiver. He was fast. Uh, he, he ended up having great hands. He really worked on that part of his game. Uh, he, he played and he had a very high level um, of perfection and, and excellence that he just sort of the, the way he did everything. Uh, so he was a great player and great teammate. And, uh, you know, he's, he's sort of the perfect representation of what you're looking for in, in, a, in a football player and a teammate. And, and I was going to the ring of honor. I'm trying to find out who Houston plays here. What's the opponent? That, that's a good question. Somebody asked me that yesterday. Uh, being that Houston is, I think they're three and six and pretty much out of it at this point. Um, I'm not really paying attention to them you know, too much. And Deshaun Watson hurt, is hurt, right? So yeah. these are not highlights that I'm into. So I'm not really interested in the game at all. And I don't even know who they play. <laughs> Looks like the Cardinals. Uh, Texans hosting the Cardinals. So Tom Savage against Drew Stanton. Yippee. Yeah. Yeah. I want to pay $200 a ticket for that. <laughs> I hope they let you in free as a, as yeah, a, no, as a ceremony guy. That's, that's, that's the best part. That's the best part, yeah, of course. Fantastic. Well, uh, how about another former teammate of yours, John Sullivan? He is the new Rams center this year. A lot of people didn't think he had much of a career left after that back injury forced him out of Minnesota. You know, he, he lost his job last year. He, he found one in Washington and then moved to L.A., where Rams fans are totally infatuated with this guy. He's 32 years old. 
He's the second oldest guy on the team, but he seems to be really helping solidify that offensive line as we've discussed. What are your memories of John? And obviously you played with him in Minnesota when he was sort of earlier in his career approaching his prime. Well, it was uh, – John was one of my favorite teammates. You know, when I first got traded in Minnesota, uh, he had been a sixth-round pick the year before, uh, maybe two years before, I think just a year before. So, you know, Matt Burke was just the legendary center of the Vikings and, and had been there for so long. So this was really you – know, there was a lot of pressure on Sully – uh, you know, went, went, as you know, going to be a starter. So you know, we immediately went to work on. You know, he was very uh, you know anal about you know the, the quarterback snap and not fumbling and being perfect and shotgun and and he's one of those guys that worried about all the little details. And uh, and then obviously you know once Favre stepped in, that was just uh, a whole you know eye-opening experience for for Sully and Favre and Sully got along great. I mean, because John's so smart. You know, he's a Notre Dame guy he's from Greenwich, Connecticut. Obviously, an unbelievable, uh, you know, public schooling in the high school up in Greenwich, and uh, very, very smart guy. Very physical. Uh, he was a wrestler in high school. Mm. Uh, he had very, he had very sh- uh, short legs. We used to call him. Uh, I can't remember. I think Kyle Rudolph had some sort of nickname for him, but he had very short legs and uh, and actually fairly long arms and, and and sort of a big torso. So really the perfect body for a center, you know, sort of squatty, uh, can get underneath pads and has great leverage. So he was tough and he was smart. And uh, and I, I was concerned about, you know, that back injury as well. Back injuries can be the end of a career for offensive and defensive linemen, but he has recovered from that. And, and uh, shoot, back then he was the young guy out of college and, and uh, now he's married with, with a kid or two. So uh, life has changed a lot for John Sullivan. I'm really happy that he's had a nice career. Yeah, it's good to see him land back on his feet. I would love to hear the short legs nickname if you can if you can muster it up. If it's appropriate for air, maybe it's not. Maybe that's why. I may I'm... not be. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm. I think I'm forgetting it on purpose. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe off air we can discuss that. But uh, John Sullivan, he's the guy who's going to be calling out the defenses, helping out Jared Goff. What kind of advantage is it for Sullivan, who's probably looking at a similar defense to what he was accustomed to, to seeing here in Minnesota? Hasn't changed too much. Do you think that's going to really help Goff identify what the Vikings are doing? Yeah, it'll help out a lot. And, and you know, the thing is that the Vikings don't do a lot of exotic things defensively. So it's more of a physical matchup than a mental matchup. And I think... You know, what that McVay system, which is very similar to the Kyle Shanahan system, which I played in, is is not super complicated uh, in a lot of ways mentally for offensive linemen. They they have some really precise rules um, and, and really whether it's run game or pass game. And they don't ex- expect a center to you know, make a gazillion calls, you know, like Peyton Manning center back in the day. So, uh, you know, I think I think John going from a complex system, which when Favre is running it here in Minnesota, you know, Favre was, he was designing new protections, it seemed like, every single week. And, there, you know, you, you had to be really on your toes. So I think, you know, he obviously is, is well smart enough uh, to help out golf and anything in the passing game. And, uh, but uh, he can really control everything up front and just let golf, you know, you know uh, do his job as a quarterback. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? 
The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home? Want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. You wrote a, a big feature article for The Athletic, Dot com, which drops today. I'm assuming it's already out by now. You, you talk about the quarterback situation and uh, the Goff versus Keenum, Keenum playing his former team, and then you get into how to stop Todd Gurley. And I thought that was definitely the most intriguing part of this because Gurley's a beast. He's one of the few feature backs still left in this NFL. He's probably going to go uh, over 1,200 or 1,300 total yards in this game for the season, and he's still got almost half the season to go. He's having a great year. What do you think is the key for the Vikings to, to put the stopper on Todd Gurley? Well, Chad Greenway, uh, he and I talked the other day, and, and I quoted him a few times in the article. He really discussed you know, what you have to do with these zone uh, defenses. And I actually heard Chris Collinsworth made a great point last night. He said, you know, on these zone runs, uh, if you see a lot of defensive linemen down on their, you know, have, have been cut or they're down on their knees or whatever, on the back side, that's where those big cutback uh, holes are. And so that's going to be a real key for this, these defensive linemen. And, you know, sometimes that, you know, penetration is great, but sometimes penetration, you might get out of the gap. You might get reached uh, by an offensive lineman, and then there's big cutback lane holes. And so, you know, Gurley's a fantastic back. He's a big back. Uh, he can do it all. He can catch it. And obviously, he's an excellent runner, averaging uh, almost five yards a carry this year. So that that will be, you know, according to Chad, that will be number one. You know, take away their strength uh, because if they can't run the ball, then they can't do their play action uh, nearly as well. So they stop the run, force golf into some third long situations. Uh, you know, as a young quarterback now, the Vikings can try to come after him. I want to talk about X factors in this game as well, and I've got a couple of them here, and I hope I don't steal one that you have. But but number one. Pat Elfline, the rookie center, going up against Aaron Donald. Donald might be a top five player in this league. I talked about this a bunch with, with Brad Hader on Lockdown Rams. Donald is going to be testing that interior line. And not only is Elfline going to have to be fast, but he's going to have to be strong. He's going to have to hold up. Donald is a massive human being. And the Vikings have some, some relatively undersized interior linemen. So whether it is Easton or whether it is Elfline, you know, Berger to some extent, they're really going to need to dig their heels in and keep Donald out of the backfield. And then one more for you, flipping the sides of the ball, the Vikings linebackers are going to really have to tackle Todd Gurley in space. He's got some of the most yak yards on that team. He's great after the catch. He's a bulldozer to bring down, and uh, they really like to get him in space, even though he's kind of more your prototypical between the tackles type he's very good in the passing game as well so vikings linebackers against Gurley, elfline against donald probably should include safeties on that yeah. too and as you said i it's not like and Gurley can make you miss but yeah you know, he's just so powerful that you know a lot of those yards after contact are just three four or five yards of you know sort of breaking the tackle uh and then uh, lunging forward for more yardage uh, and I, I really like your point about Aaron Donald. Uh, the, the interior of the Vikings offensive line, 
this is going to be a huge matchup uh, for them. And, uh, you know, the Vikings have done well running the football as of late, done well uh, protecting their quarterback. Uh, and Donald is just a beast in there. So uh, the concern is if you double too long on Donald on runner pass plays, that leave those linebackers, you know, flown over the top for a lot of tackle. So that is a – if you want to talk about matchups of the week to look at, look at the interior defense or offensive line and, uh, and Aaron Donald on defense. And a quick point, too, on the safeties tackling Gurley. Anderson Dejo has not practiced the first two days of the week. So unless he is active today at practice, he's probably not going to play. Anderson Dejo has turned into the finisher. He flies in there. Uh, you know, this is how he got suspended for the Mike Wallace hit, but he flies in there late. He finishes off guys. He's a, he's a really strong physical player and a good tackler. His replacement, Anthony Harris, is not quite as astute in tackling. He's not as big, a little more frail, and he has good speed in coverage, but he's not fantastic at getting those big guys on the ground. So that could be a big X factor in this game. You're right. That's a great point. We're going to pick the game. But we're going to go through our other picks of the weekend first using our confidence points. So here's the update on the standings. Uh, you lead 580 to 490. You're up by 90 points. You're up by one game in the overall picks standings. Why don't we pick Philadelphia and Dallas first, uh, the non-NFC North game? Whose turn is it to pick first? I can't remember. By the way, uh... Did I? I won last night's game and you lost it, correct? Am I already up well, last we, night? Well, technically, we didn't put confidence points on. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I'm, I'm falling back on the loophole there. I thought I said 80%. Oh, did you? We'll have to re-rack the tape back. and we'll have to... Don't worry about it. We'll just take that as a one loss. Uh, so the Philadelphia, I like Philadelphia in this game. Uh, I would say 80%. Um, you know, obviously, Dallas playing at home, but I, I, from what I've read, Tyron Smith, the left tackle, not playing. Ezekiel Elliott, not playing. Uh, that, to me, is, is too much for this, uh, this very, very good Philadelphia ball club. Yeah, no Zeke hurts, and it feels like we've been saying this every week for the past 10 weeks. You know, Zeke, Zeke's going to be out, and then it turns out he plays. He's not coming back this time. He's out for real. Um, I also am going to take Philadelphia, but I'm not, I'm not 80% confident. I'm, I'm more like 60. And I, I honestly think Dallas could have won this game with Zeke, and maybe they still can, being at home. Big primetime game. Sage Rosenfels will be in the house. Maybe they'll be propelled by your presence. But I'm going <laughs> to go with the Eagles at 60. How about the Ravens at the Packers? I'm going with the Pack. I think the Pack are, are they're not out of it yet. Um, and uh, I probably said two weeks ago their season's done. But I, Hundley has played fine. He hasn't played great. Uh, but he is, it seems like, playing a little better every week. And, uh, you know, this team is not as bad as the Bears, that's for sure. So I like, I'm going to take the Packers in this one at uh, 75%. 75 to the pack. You're really putting big numbers on this. Uh, I like the, I, the aggressiveness. I just can't stand watching Ravens games either for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know. So uh, I think I was going to go with the pack. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They played a lot of ugly games. They they beat Miami 40 to nothing, but sandwiched around that, a bad loss against Minnesota and kind of an ugly loss against Tennessee last week. So this is another frenetic team. Can't figure them out. They've got, you know, these two shutouts this year, so the defense has potential to be good, but the offense seems to go to sleep now and then. At Green Bay, doesn't feel like a great place for Flacco to succeed, so I will also go back with the Packers. The Packers have betrayed me basically every week. I picked them when they lost, and I picked against them when they won. I'm going to go back with them at 65 
against the Ravens. Next, we've got the Bears here somewhere. Yeah, Lions at Bears in Chicago where the Bears laid an egg last week. Lions are favored by three, and they try to uh, to really stay in this division race. And if they win this game, then they head into Thanksgiving with a really great opportunity to pull back in the race with the Vikes. What do you think about this one? Are they what? What is? Are they six and three or, or, or six and four? What's what is their record? They're five and four, so they're two games five. back of the Vikes. Okay, but they do have the tiebreaker because of the win as of right now. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. Um, yep. So I'm going to go with. Uh, I, I think the the Lions are a better football team. I think they're. They, I bet you they win this game by ten to to thirteen points. So I'm going to go Lions eighty percent. Well. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be reckless. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. I'm still waiting for the big bust-out game for Mitch Trubisky where he throws for 270 and three touchdowns. I don't know if he has it in him. I don't know if this offense has enough weapons to produce that, but I'm going to say that they, they get it going on the ground against these Lions at home. Maybe the big turning point for Mitchell Trubisky, and or maybe I'm just trying to you know get some separation from you here. So I'm going to go with the Bears. 55 percent i'm being conservative with it you know at some point when the bears are end up being out of the playoffs which are they're getting close um i, I would like to i'd like to see in the last couple of games in particular if it's a good weather game to let let's just let trubisky be a you know go a lot of no huddle uh go uh, you know shotgun empty you know that type of stuff and like just say you know you're going to be the point guard on this thing let's see you sort of just you know and not try to protect him you know, and uh, I think it's the only way, you know, for growth is to sort of let people do their thing and they're going to make mistakes, but they'll learn from those mistakes, but they'll, you know, they'll make some good plays too. I, I just like to I, I think, I think he's good enough. And NFL defenses aren't that confusing that they can't, uh, you know, go empty and, and do a little, you know, hurry up offense and, and, and just to be a little bit more aggressive with Trubisky rather than holding them back all the time. To that point, do you think coaching staffs in general are too conservative with young quarterbacks, whether it's the Packers with Hundley, the Bears with Trubisky, uh, or whatever example you want to use? Yeah, 100%. And, and the Packers aren't, aren't uh, that conservative with Hundley. I mean, they're, I think they're playing them almost more like a regular quarterback, you know, 25 to 30 throws a game, where Rodgers is probably throwing about 35 to 45 a game. Um, but uh, Trubisky, uh, yeah, they, they do. They they get worried they're going to make mistakes, and somehow that's going to rattle them. And you know they're they're going to end up having sort of this David Carr career, uh, which is you know not not what people you know are, are looking for in a top five pick. But I think a lot of times you got to let that let those players. I mean Peyton Manning is first. They went three and thirteen. It was a dumpster fire. But uh, you know they they just kept throwing it with them. And I, you know at the end of the season they were still throwing with them thirty five times a game. And next thing you know you've got this quarterback who's got all this experience and made all these throws and made all these mistakes. Uh, but he learned from him and that being a you know first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, well, Jared Goff is also proof that you can fail your first year and still bounce back and be a competent quarterback in the NFL. He was what five TDs, seven picks, and zero and seven record last year. And now look at him; he's seven and two, and he's taking on the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. Minnesota is favored by two at home. So what that tells me is is that the bookmakers in Vegas. They actually like the Rams, but they give the Vikings those uh, three points for being at home. So what do you think? Minnesota, L.A., let's make the pick. Minnesota, L.A., I like the Vikings on a last-second field goal by a point. Now I'm, and I'm going to go by a point, and I feel 100% confident in it. How about that? Wow, 100. 
I don't think you've given a hundred percent confidence to any game this year. Wow. Why not? Well, I, you know, do you think I feel hundred percent confident in this game? I don't, but I'm going with this. I'm going to take the plunge. <laughs> well, yeah, it is a gambling exercise here. You got to get points somehow. Um, I made the pick last night on Locked On Rams, and I will echo it here today. Twenty-four, twenty-one. Vikings. I don't know if it's going to be last second. I think it might actually be a late defensive stand on Jared Goff as uh, as he drives and tries to win the game at the end. I think Minnesota either forces a turnover on downs or you know sacks him on fourth down, maybe gets a pick. Uh, I think he makes a mistake when that crowd is at a fever pitch. He's never experienced an atmosphere like he will experience at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. Confidence-wise, I'm going to go 80% Minnesota. Should be a great game. Yeah. Should be a great weekend. Yeah, well, you'll have a couple great games this weekend in Texas, and you'll have to catch up on the Vikings after that, and we will talk about it all on Monday about your, your big Texas tour. Are you still going to be in Texas on Monday? I will. I'm going to stay there and uh, write, do my writing and, and radio shows and podcasts and things off from, off from Texas and come back on Tuesday. So really looking forward to the weekend. All right. Have a great time. Uh, he's Sage Rosenfels on Twitter, at Sage Rosenfels 18 Read his stuff at thescore.com and theathletic.com. My name's Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, Locked On Vikings, and the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.